0: hits it in the air to center. We will see you tomorrow night. Beto swoops into intercept. Beto behind the net. Sweets it in front. he scores!
1: I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. You believe in miracles?
2: Yes! Welcome to the show. I am not your host, Ryan. Um, Ryan you tell, matter, Ryan is the not tell, Ryan is not happening right button. now. <laughs> yeah, great, great. Hot start, fellas. Uh, yeah, so the
1: video decided to play again in my ears and I wasn't unmuted, so... Welcome back to the Agents of Field podcast. As Eric said, he is not your host. I am Ryan Lesman for episode number 46 of the Agents of Field podcast. Do you want to
3: jump in clean where I can edit it?
1: Hmm. Let it, let Eric have his, his moment <laughs> of fame.
3: Then this is all staying in.
1: Perfect. Uh, I have three guests here. You've heard two of their voices returning for their second straight show. Mr. Brian Lee and Mr. Eric Nybro starting with brian how you doing i think it's my like ninth straight show well second straight show since we've started fresh started clean now that i am a new man
3: so fresh and so clean sung by
1: out and cast
3: thank you i'm great ryan how are you
1: was that really the answer yeah wow incredible call back to a previous episode eric how you doing
2: Doing great. I'm doing great. I'm disappointed. I guess we're not keeping up with the spreadsheet anymore for the amount of times I've been on this show. Yeah, that'll be did.
1: updated once I have some One time day. to do so. Yeah. Um, e- Eric wants a lot. He wants to host the show. He wants me to keep up with the spreadsheet. Eric, why don't you run our social media, and then we'll see what happens.
2: Uh, apparently, I guess so. Apparently, after marriage, life is also very difficult and continues to lead to Not videos. so
1: much.
3: Can confirm. Can <laughs> confirm.
2: Uh,
1: and the third voice on our show for the first time in the new regime, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Joe Casas. Joe, how are we?
0: Yeah, I was I was staying quiet so as to build the suspense as to who the third guest might be. It looks like we're about three minutes uh, into the show now, so I don't know how in-depth the analytics are, but you're going to see a hockey stick one way or the other, just a massive drop in listenership right here, or it's going to go way up, you know. <laughs> i'm very polarizing uh but yeah i'm doing good um enjoying my summer and uh you know keeping keeping it chill
3: is that a new keeping microphone it
0: it's not it's the one i had i'm just like um in a new chair actually so i'm like seated a little bit further from my desk and i'm just kind of like freehanding it with the mic
3: you're like one of those chicks from tiktok just like <sighs>
0: I'm more like a YouTuber, kind of, who's like trying to have a low-budget, casual-friendly, relatable (laughs) vibe.
1: Look at us. (laughs) A man of the people. So, we're going to jump right into it. This is going to be our MLB trade deadline show. Uh, As of recording, we are recording on Tuesday, August 1st. The deadline has come and go at 6 p.m. You'll be hearing this probably on Wednesday morning or later, Um, so... The deals should be finalized. There should not be any more coming out. So, uh, but we're going to start in football, actually. Get the other sports out of the way. Brian, take our first topic. What happened to one of your Broncos wide receivers?
3: Second year in a row, Tim Patrick. This year he tore his Achilles. I can't remember what happened to him last year. but We lost him in camp for the second year in a row. It's tough, man. It's like career-ending stuff. and It's a bummer.
0: Yeah, absolutely forgot this guy existed. Doesn't help that he's a two first names guy. Um, that doesn't always make it easier to remember.
2: I don't feel okay. like it affected the Broncos winning that much, but it's terrible for the career because you just probably never recover the speed.
3: It's no, he's dude. He's better than you guys are giving him credit for. Sure, I'm a Broncos fan and a University of Utah fan, so I've been watching this guy forever. But like, he's really freaking good. Like. He would have With benefited. Six wins
2: to seven wins. The the drop off from seven to six. Where what's the difference? Five to four.
3: Shut up, Eric.
2: Eight to seven. <laughs> where we drop. Like, Still would
0: have had Nathaniel Hackett as his coach, right? Like nothing changes that.
3: Yeah, let's talk about that. Sean Payton just <laughs> going full friggin'
1: insane. Yes, we will talk yes. about that. Give me one second. I was listening to I believe it was Don Lagreca, Michael K, and. The third guy on that show is because you're a a
3: 70 year old man that lives in New York City.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was listening to it on on the drive home because Uh, I didn't want to listen to any podcast or music. So I was like, all right, sports radio. And they were saying, like, if you had to compile a list of guys whose whose injuries derailed their career before it really even started, like who would be the top guys on your list? Like going off the Tim Patrick thing. Like, there's got to be some guys who, like, had the most promising careers and just injuries stopped their career before it started. Greg Oden. Uh,
2: two relevant ones, uh, Saquon Barkley, though we might recover it, and Odell. Both of those, those guys were on some start to their careers.
0: I mean, Derrick Rose had a very successful start to his career, but he would probably be, like, a Hall of Fame player maybe. if. He's uh, the, the youngest the MVP
2: team. to ever win it.
0: He's the only MVP that's not going to be in the Hall of Fame, right? Robert Griffin uh, III. Uh, right. Robert Griffin. Robert the game.
3: Concussions did it to Andrew Luck.
1: Yeah. 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 Like the list but in he at is least specifically, had a career. Specifically in football, and I think maybe basketball too. That's that's where you get the most of these guys. Baseball, I don't think so much. Hockey, not so much. And even soccer, not really. But football and basketball is where I mean, you get
0: it baseball it happens too you just get injured in the minor leagues before like anyone knows your name even if you did really have like the potential to be that good you know and then it's just like you get behind track down there and you're broke it's tough yeah that's definitely tough but
1: yeah so brian share the uh hackett Peyton thing Sean
3: Payton was interviewed by USA Today, and he just the inside words popped out, dude. He broke the he broke the coach's code. He talked about how much of a disaster Nathaniel Hackett was, and I mean, he there's nothing he said that was incorrect. It makes the Week Five game against Aaron Rodgers and the Jets a lot more fun, Um, but I mean, Nathaniel Hackett would tell you he was in over his head, and he didn't do anything correct. Look at week 1 man a minute and 4 seconds left and they have the a 63-yard field goal and he just lets the clock run down like the guy had no clue how to coach an NFL game it's just Sean Payton he said he's he was still wearing his Fox analyst hat and not he's he's not used to being a coach again and it's like you never Love said any, you Love never said that. anything that interesting when you were on Fox so like I, I mean, whatever. Again, he said something that most coaches don't, which is what makes it actually kind of fun, which is why I thought it was like a butt crack sports thing. Like, I didn't think it was real.
1: But that's, like, crazy. I mean, look at a guy like but Jeff Saturday, who's coaching the, the Colts, right? He came straight from the announcing booth, and he didn't start making comments like that where, like, I don't know, is Peyton just, like, too old? Okay, to- but
3: Jeff Saturday was also, like three games, two games, like, and Jeff Saturday is not that kind of personality. So,
0: and Jeff, and Jeff Saturday could have done that. And I mean, like, you know, that's, that's your right. You got to talk your smack sometimes. Well, He he was dealing
3: with stuff he did say, like talking about the Raiders and how bad they were. And then he ended up having to play the Raiders in his first game. So, uh, I mean, it happens like Sean Payton, Sean Payton said everything that we all wanted to say. And it's interesting to actually hear it in public.
0: That's how you prove your legitimacy you say that team is really bad their coach is doing a bad job and then you go and beat them and And it's also his justification we know who you are
3: it's also his justification because they didn't really change their roster very much so if like he's just simply stating yeah we're good enough to win and they didn't win last year because that guy was a freaking disaster so if they win this year sean payton's right
1: and then he gets all the credit and everyone is
0: if oh, he gets bro. the
3: credit and Russell yeah. Wilson doesn't, I'm good, man. He stopped Russell Wilson from saying let's ride, so victory one on the season already. <laughs> I'm
0: giving Honorable. Sierra the credit.
1: <laughs> there is there is very few things I enjoy more than Ryan Tannehill and Russell Wilson slander hour every time this podcast goes on. Oh
0: man, awesome. love the slander on Ryan Tannehill, bro.
3: Malik Willis.
1: <laughs> Malik Willis
3: is apparently gonna be the week one starter, they're saying. I want Will Levis to play at some point, but they're saying Malik Willis is way better than he
2: was last year.
3: Like Tennessee's. Why did DeAndre Hopkins go to Tennessee? I don't understand it at all. I
2: was gonna bring that up, but did you see the stat that? that
1: Go ahead, Eric. Go ahead.
3: I was
2: just gonna say I was gonna bring it up too, but I just feel like it's just like it was the only team that gave him money. Like I thought that's kind of the end of the conversation with DeAndre. He went against
3: everything he said he wanted in a team.
2: Which didn't make any sense either. They came out with all the reports saying he wants a winner. He wants a good quarterback. And then he goes and signs up with Ryan Tannehill. Ryan,
3: I know what you're about to say. And it was my trivia question. So let's just do it now. All
2: right. read it. Run from it.
1: Destiny arrives all answer. the same. <laughs> um, I will omit
3: myself from this. Okay. So, before DeAndre Hopkins joined the roster in Tennessee, who had the most playoff career catches on their team for touchdowns?
0: This is going to be a shining example of me not knowing Tennessee Titans history. Jeez, it's tough. I will Um, will
3: give you 10 seconds. On the current active roster, not in franchise history.
2: I'm is Anthony Berkshire still floating around? Does he magically have one?
3: The correct uh, answer, Ryan?
2: Mike Vrabel, the head coach. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that is correct. Is it,
2: everyone has zero. Is no,
3: Mike Vrabel had like 16 or something like that. But yes, Mike Vrabel was the leader until DeAndre Hopkins showed up, which is laugh out loud funny because Mike Vrabel was a friggin' linebacker. <laughs>
1: Unbelievable.
2: There's not it's, a lot of uh, guys in that locker room right now that could play wide receiver besides Hopkins, which I'm still not 100% sure if he's washed or not. I wonder if they, uh,
3: if they only had a guy like, I don't know, who am I thinking, an A.J. Brown comp maybe?
1: That would have been nice. Yeah, that'd be crazy. How could they get one of those guys? I mean, like, why, why is why – I'm not even convinced that he's actually there, that he didn't hire a stunt double to just go play. <laughs> like –
2: well, he that's said. what I wouldn't be surprised like if he just Jose took can the say, money okay. and then he'll figure it out later. Like he magically just ends up on whatever NFC team is doing well by week seven.
3: At least he didn't go to the Chiefs. True.
2: Or that. He could just go to the Chiefs. The Chiefs are gonna need a wide receiver at some point.
3: Kadarius There's Tony's no way this crew hurt, of people.
1: Right? Your, yeah, he's Tony K- Kadarius Tony and uh Sky Moore and uh, Justin Ross aren't gonna be the solutions there.
3: They are the solutions because of that guy they have at quarterback. But I think Tony's hurt.
2: Yeah, Tony's already hurt. Tony's another guy. He's only in year one, so we can't say the injuries. But when he actually plays football, he's really, really good. Speaking of football. Football. I know we were talking about
1: it. Football. Football starts this week. The first game, the Hall of Fame game, preseason game, is in two days. Browns-Jets at Canton.
3: Gross. Yeah. (laughs) Browns-Jets, like – that is reserved in my brain for Thursday night, week three, I guess this is way too soon
2: <laughs> or yes. the first preseason game works too. <laughs> but. but that's,
1: it's very exciting. Football is rapidly approaching. As we said, we have our first game. Um,
2: football starts
1: thing- this
3: month. College football yes. starts in August. It is August boys. I'm excited.
1: Yes. One other thing I want to talk about uh, that I forgot to put on the notes was Justin Taylor. He has some Jonathan weird Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. Yes. Gee, <laughs> I'm thinking of like six different people right now. Um, Jonathan Taylor has some weird things going on with the Colts right now. Jimmy or is calling him out in the media. He's got a back injury. He doesn't have a back injury. They're gonna put him on the non-football injury list. He wants a trade.
3: Okay. Hmm. So, so this is the this is the timeline of events. He, everybody's mad about running backs. I don't want. We've talked enough about running backs. If you listen to any sports radio whatsoever, um, but he requests a trade. Jim Ursay comes out and says the NFL is not going to remember me. The NFL is not, or like history is not going to remember me. It's not going to remember Jonathan Taylor. It's not going to remember anybody. I would beg to differ because I will remember Jim Ursay and his briefcase of drugs till I die. Um, but then Jonathan Taylor doesn't want to report to camp. Requests the trade. Then says his back is hurt. Then they say, okay, you were injured in a non-football activity. We can put you on the non-football injury list, which means they could pay him technically nothing. And then he's saying his back never hurt, that he never said that. And now he's reporting and he doesn't really have a choice, but he wants to get traded. So it's a disaster. Uh, I saw a meme that was Bradley Cooper from The Hangover and Jonathan Taylor talking to his agent saying we effed up. Um, that's kind of what it feels like so Joe do you what do you have to say about Jonathan Taylor
0: um I mean yeah overall it's like the story with running backs as we say um I I think he's being a drama queen quite frankly like what Jim said was basically true in my opinion although you you raise a good point about that incident uh (laughs) But yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. Of course, everyone's going to actually be remembered because there's like a finite amount of people in the sport and there's always going to be. Because the immaculate
3: grid is going to live forever.
0: Exactly. But, you know, but like, I I don't know. It's, you're not that important, dude. Like, just because someone came out and said it, it's not like they just, it's not like Jim just went out and said Jonathan Taylor's not important. He said, we're all, uh, we're all inconsequential in the grand scheme of things. Like, King Nihilist, what's wrong with that? Um, so Jonathan Taylor just kind of needs to get over it if he wants to be a football player let's start playing some football.
1: Eric, a good football trade deadline. Yo, go ahead. Midway through this, midway through the season, Eric, Eric trade deadline. Where is Jonathan Taylor playing?
2: Um, I'm gonna still say he's a Colt. Who wants to trade for running backs at this point? Because it comes with the extension. It has to come with the extension, or else they're just gonna be unhappy and then want to be moved somewhere else. So the only way it happens is if the Colts are 0-6 uh, and they are absolutely terrible. And then maybe he'll be like, okay, send me to Philly. They don't have any running backs right now. Send me to Philly. That would be the only way.
3: Jonathan Taylor on Philly would be fun.
2: It would be.
1: That'd be interesting. Okay. Um, let's move on from football to go on to the NBA. We are going to start Joe as a man living in the city of the guy who just signed a supermax deal. I want you to start talking about this. Dude. Jalen Brown, 304 million for five years. Oh my
0: God. Oh my God. That's all <laughs> I can say. I this is coming from a New York Yankees fan. What are they doing over in the front office? This guy's terrible. I, everyone in this city hates this man. I swear to God. I can't. You can't hear about this man's name in conversation, you know, since the playoffs, without someone within a rock's throw of a distance saying, "I hate Jalen Brown," but actually, worse language than that. Uh, he, he's not a very good basketball player, in my and this city's opinion. He cannot dribble to the left. It's just like it, it's it's crazy. He's supposed to be like the number two guy behind Tatum, and we all feel like we just watched him suck for like a month straight in the playoffs, and and they sign this dude to the Supermax and uh, and send off Marcus Smart for Porzingis. Now, it's not that I particularly hate that move, but if we're talking about someone that's got heart in the team, I, I don't know. Jalen Brown just seems like he's constantly checked out and he doesn't perform well on the court. And the fact of the matter is you had him however many years and he's never gotten the job done in the capacity that he should have. He's just an excuses guy. Um, I'm going off right now, but I, rem- I really remember that one interview where he's talking to a lady and she goes, she goes, how many rings you got by like 28? And he's like, seven.
3: <laughs> not one, not two, what are you not about? three.
0: Killing me. So I have no idea what the Celtics were thinking. Um, I think this contract aged terribly the day after it was signed.
3: My favorite part is it has a trade kicker on it. So if he gets traded, if some team picks up that salary, and he gets like an extra bonus of like ten percent or something stupid. Like the
0: richest in NBA history, right? Yeah, or like yeah, that? no, it's yeah, the it biggest is. contract like, in NBA Jaylen history. Jalen Brown, dude, the richest in
2: NBA history. Getting what?
3: <laughs> Man, it's like, all about
2: cap salaries. This is what happens when you cap salaries. Yep. Eventually yeah, eventually you just get to a point where it's too high, but then. Somebody else would have paid Jalen Brown. Someone else, if Jalen Brown wasn't going to sign with the Celtics, They couldn't have paid him have.
3: that, though, because they could only sign him to a yeah. four-year deal instead of a five. It still would have been the 60 on average annually, but yes.
2: But they would have made the trade where he would have gotten the extra year, I feel like. They would have worked it out, where it was like either, you know, they make the trade beforehand or they give him the extension and then trade him, whatever. They would have worked it out where Jalen somehow got that fifth year, because that's how the NBA is going, it feels like. But it's yeah, like, still yeah, you have to spend the him. money.
3: Like to Eric's point, you have yeah. to spend the money, and he's a guy on the roster. They got rid of Marcus Smart. Like I don't, I dude, just thinking about how much money Lionel Messi makes and how much money Jalen Brown makes makes me super uncomfortable.
1: Oh,
2: it's insane because
3: they make the same amount of money. Like Jalen Brown is not Lionel Messi.
2: No, not even a little bit. But Jalen Brown's sport makes more money for the tv and revenue so it does in this better country, in yeah yeah in this country yeah I was gonna say like it's
3: it's messy's mls number which which you can't yeah. f- possibly figure out but jalen brown making 60 million a year just makes me want to vomit but that's where we live in now man to eric's point yeah. when you have a salary cap sport and that's how everything's structured based on all pro all nba all that kind of stuff yep that's the number he's worth and he'd be dumb not to take it and if they're dumb enough to pay it then he's gonna obviously like make it
2: it was an all nba player meaning he's a top 15 player in the sport i believe he has a second team to his name so he's really a top 10 player to his name top he's 10 the type player of
0: guy who's good on paper but when it comes to having uh what the team needs on the court he's not good moment, on paper dude
3: it's just have. he plays in boston he's not good on paper either he just plays in boston
2: you can't dribble, but here's, here's my question, and I'll leave it up for everyone else. What was the alternative? Let him walk? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And then you're stuck in salary, and then you don't have the money. You can't use that money because the Celtics have too much money everywhere else. So if you let him walk, you can't use his money. You can't use the 60 you were about to spend on him, or you can't use any of it really because they have every other dollar bill is tied up to get to the salary cap max that they can go to. I just uh, don't
3: think I just don't think they can trade it. So they just signed up for sixty one a year to, to that guy. And that just can't be a good feeling.
2: Yeah, they couldn't trade it. I, I think they've tried to trade it. They tried to trade him for Durant last year, but there was just no there was no uh way to get off of it that made sense for their championship window. And he made the most sense that he could just be Robin and hope for the best.
1: Except that he's like I don't know. More like Alfred than Robin, but
3: that's giving him too much credit.
1: I don't like the guy.
0: He's just not good. He's especially <laughs> bad when it counts the most.
2: <laughs> he's he's and, yeah, be he's really, really good in
3: February against friggin' Cleveland. Who? Side note: so Donovan Mitchell's unhappy in Cleveland. Shocked there,
1: huh? Yeah.
2: <laughs> when he it's gets con- if he gets the contract, it won't matter. But. <laughs>
1: I, I love the fact that, that Joe is going on on this rant about Jalen Brown and then in like forty five minutes he's gonna be like, All right, I just want to plug um recycling your water bottles <laughs> and it's gonna be the greatest transition ever.
2: Jalen Brown will be the only guy to ever make three hundred million dollars and can't dribble the basketball. Yeah, it's an that's an incredible thing.
3: I
0: don't Honestly, know. I bet Cristiano good,
3: Ronaldo can't dribble the him. basketball.
2: I wish
0: I I oh. wish I could be that good of a comment.
1: Um, Going on to the world of hockey Vladimir Tarasenko Former St. Louis Blue And briefly New York Ranger uh, Signed with the Ottawa Senators Uh, He changed agents about five days into free agency Because his agent was trying to force a deal to Carolina That he didn't want to take And not getting him the money he wanted So he changed the agents And then he waited until late July instead of on July 1 when he had offers of $6 million a year from the Sharks and two years at five and a half from the Hurricanes. He takes a one-year $5 million deal to go to Ottawa. Gross. Not thrilled with that. I was hoping the Rangers were going to find a way to move Barkley Goodrow and give him that money, but alas, not possible.
3: Was he good for the Rangers?
1: He wasn't spectacular he wasn't 40 goal scorer vladimir tarasenko but he fit nicely on a line with uh Kreider and sabinajad like, he, like did, he was veteran. serviceable yeah, yeah he's he was like
2: serviceable. The and it was like not wash but getting there no but he gets well, to go to so-
3: ottawa with the with the new ownership group kind of the uh, turning of the entire franchise gets to be the face of the franchise for a year while the new ownership group parades him around everywhere everywhere they want him to go honestly it's not a bad spot for him especially like i think i would rather take one in a in a town like ottawa that cares rather than go to san jose for six for two like he if he plays well he'll get more than six next year probably
1: yeah i just i've seen it well right i mean the the only hope is if he stays and ottawa their coach who i don't have any faith in their coach dj smith if he sticks if he stays with him on a line with claude Giroux and Brady Kachuk, that is a good a good chance for him to get more money. But I saw this last year with John Klingberg. He held out, tried to get more money, signed a one-year deal with Anaheim, and then he took 3.5 this year instead of four times seven last year.
3: DJ Smith is a
1: terrible hockey name.
2: Yeah. Terrible.
1: So I would not be surprised. If Ottawa struggles out of the gate, DJ Smith will be out. Very. It almost offensive. feels
2: like he's he's in the wrong sport. All
3: right. Or the wrong profession. Go. He could be a DJ.
2: Could also True. do that.
1: We're gonna move on. DJ to Ryan's Smith We don't have a soundbite for the Regal review. We still have to work on getting one, but movie no, I line, saw man. and I know I know that Brian has seen it, and he's also seen the other half of this media spectacular. I saw one half of Barbenheimer, and it is not the Oppenheimer half. The it was Barbie, half. and it was It's okay.
2: We all knew you weren't going to watch Oppenheimer first. We all knew. I'm you planning were on Barbie going first. to Oppenheimer.
0: Really? I was going to be surprised I, uh, if I was going to say you, you're not going to go see that. But I'm I'm am tight. That's sick.
1: I'm trying to find a, a time to go see it in Manhattan at the uh, IMAX 70 millimeter.
3: Like a thirty dollar yeah. movie ticket. That's,
1: yeah, well, a list baby, free almost a free ticket. It'll probably be like a three dollar upcharge for that. But um, Barbie was phenomenal. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. It was smart. It was entertaining. And um, I'm, I mean, Margot Robbie is is unbelievable. Uh, but I thought that Simu Liu was having the time of his life on that movie set. He just looked like he was a kid in a candy store during that entire movie. And so did Kingsley Ben for that matter. Like I, there was so much to like about that movie for me. And um, yeah, I highly recommend it. I also heard that Oppenheimer was great. Joe and Brian, I know you both saw that and enjoyed it.
3: Oppenheimer rules. Oppenheimer awesome. Three hours, three hours of a pace that I didn't know a movie that was almost all dialogue could keep. Um, if you want to hear my reviews on Barbie or Oppenheimer or secret invasion or haunted mansion go to united we fan on the chipping company podcast network the haunted invasion barbenheimer review spectacular barbie was fine
0: uh, oppenheimer 70 millimeter in imax is definitely the the greatest cinema experience i've had since i saw the hateful eight and i think that was 60 millimeter but yeah amazing
1: all right uh I don't know, Eric, if you've seen a lot of Christopher Nolan movies. Have you seen a lot of... uh, Okay, Brian and Joe, as I know, both of you probably have, right?
0: He's that guy. Christopher Nolan is that guy.
1: Your top three Christopher Nolan movies, both of you.
3: The Dark Knight, Inception, Oppenheimer.
0: I was literally going to say the exact same things, but I think that those are pretty well agreed upon amongst his fan base. Okay. Tenet, Tenet had me think one.
3: Christopher Nolan might not be that guy. I feel like he made it a little too... I think Tenet was actually not Christopher Nolan as much. Memento's really good, too, which we haven't talked about. Memento's really good. Like I like Dunkirk. I like Dunkirk a lot. I saw Dunkirk on a Dome IMAX, which was insane.
0: Yeah, uh, that's also another really good cinema experience I had.
3: But... I have no 70mm IMAX even close to me, so Oppenheimer 70mm is not going to happen, but Oppenheimer is my second favorite Christopher Nolan film. I liked it better than Inception, which, yeah, Dark Knight's first just because of Batman and everything else, but like, I liked
0: it better than Inception, which is saying something. Definitely Inception for me. Uh, Also, Interstellar. That's a really good one. Transcendence was eh. So... That I must admit, all
1: right. I have a confession about the Dome IMAX theater. I've seen one movie in an IMAX dome theater. Does anyone want? Oh, you are Brian's even closer with that guess. It is a DreamWorks movie, Puss in Boots. Nope, Secret Life of Pets. Nope, and nope,
3: Secret Life of Pets 2.
1: Nope, it was Kung Fu Panda 2. (laughs) Interesting. They, the one of the museums over here has a dome IMAX, and they were showing it on a random like Tuesday night when I was young.
3: Now that I'm thinking about it, I think I only saw like a 10 minute preview for Dunkirk on that. It was when I went and saw Rogue One,
0: is when How I saw it. When Kung Fu Panda 2 came out,
1: it might have been, it might have honestly been the first Kung Fu Panda. It was one of them.
2: Uh, I don't, I don't believe uh, you, bro. I'm sticking he, with you he a child. If you're saying you were a child, 2011, Panda 1. Uh, Panda two came when out, in was the 2011. One out. 2011. Uh, oh, then maybe it definitely is two. Then
0: how old was I in 2011? Oh, always the year plus two. So I was like 13.
2: <laughs> Screw yeah, you guys, like, dude. It sounds like 2002. <laughs> it sounds like the uh, two. It might have
1: been because I that probably. Eight. It might have gone when when Alex was still in like early middle school, late. Elementary school yeah
0: okay you were 14 when I was 13.
3: you guys are babies
1: yeah so now we can let's let's not make Brian feel like he's <laughs> any closer to his midlife crisis than we know he already is I'm already past that I'm pretty sure at least I hope so <laughs> Jesus Christ we want you to live a long healthy life so let's hope it's not hey <laughs> <ain't> go <gonna> happen <laughs> all right. Let's move on to the main topic of this show, the MLB trade deadline. It's been a uh, a wild one. I mean, some teams that should not be buying are buying. Some teams that should
3: I want to yell at Bladco and how bad <laughs> the US women's national team is playing.
1: So you can do that in your bandwagon section.
2: That was going to be my bandwagon. Okay, fine. That's what, Screw so that to. That,
1: that was going to be next week when we get to the round of 16. It was going to be Tuesday, and we're going to start. When they lose, Brad, like, 4-0 uh, Yeah, I next was about round. to say,
2: is there going to be... They might not be around anymore. They're a well, disaster. The
1: U.S. Well, when the U.S. isn't there, we'll have a full hour and we a half to stream about why it. Why
2: they're not there anymore.
1: Yes, so... Okay, fine. There are some teams that should not be in last place, as I was saying, uh, like they are like the Yankees, uh, and not great. Um, but teams that had been buyers that were a little bit surprising were, you know, the angels and the diamondbacks being buyers is a little bit surprising. Mets being sellers, incredibly surprising. Same with the Cardinals and the Mariners for that matter. White Sox also being sellers. Very interesting so let's start somewhere um let's start you know with the mets they've
0: done the most joe i feel much less surprised than you i feel like
3: yeah I, I i mean reading through the tea leaves a month ago we knew the mets were going to be sellers
0: you knew the mets were going to sell you knew the angels were going to buy because what Artie, Artie moreno is his name that that dude doesn't want to be the guy that traded shohei otani i don't blame him and he got him you might as well try his the best you can, right? So,
3: yeah, Ryan, you've got them in the limbo category. I would absolutely put the Angels as buyers. Like keeping Otani oh, cool. was enough of a buy. Diamondbacks
0: right. are I, having like their best seasonal like uh, recent memory, right? Am I wrong? Yeah. Well,
1: I guess I guess right. compared to the beginning of the season, right? When the season started, you were expecting the Mets to be buyers at this point. You're expecting the Yankees to be buyers. You're expecting the Angels to be in limbo, and not that they aren't. They're not in limbo right now. But in a sense, they are, because they're doing all these things to try to keep Otani, and who knows if it's actually going to work. Oh, I don't.
3: I think they already know they're not going to be able to keep not him. Not going to work. But to what Joe said, like, you just can't be the guy that that traded Otani. So, and you come out and say, hey, we're keeping him. He throws a complete game one hitter, and then in the game two of the doubleheader hits two home runs. The guy's a friggin' freak of nature.
0: Yeah. I mean, you got to keep him just to sell the tickets. Correct. Like, if nothing else, you know?
2: I think they got a chance. I still think they're in it. Uh, for they, for I think the they. I think they make the. Term. I'm
3: with Eric. Like I, I, think, ooh, I don't know about that. I think they make the playoffs this year, though. I really do.
2: Nah, I'm not they're a make, fan of the Blue Jays, but they're that's right there. The only team I think that are jumpable at this point for them.
1: I I just I think they're grasping at straws for something that's not sustainable. Like If you don't keep Otani, you need to trade Trout in the offseason just to recoup something of a semblance of a team because if you don't have Otani, Trout's not good enough to – we've seen it with just Trout. He's not good enough to manage a team on his own. So I, I adding Randall Grichuk and CJ Krohn and Lucas Giolito, are those really names that are going to help you get to the playoffs? Or those things to show Otani, okay, we'll buy.
0: I don't know. I I think that they're crazy if they think that they're keeping Otani in any sense of the term. So I I think that they're Hail Marrying it, just trying to get what they can. Like Randall Grichuk, no, he's not a name that really moves the pen, even since he was on the Blue Jays, I think. But like he's been hitting decent this year. Uh, Altitude.
2: I get what they're doing. Yeah yeah, yeah richrick's hot he's hot like he's hot right now c j crone's good to too and c j crone like you're yeah, renting him
3: it's, it's a good. it's i mean c j Crone's good like the the rockies moving on from those two dudes was a little bit depressing but it also is uh, they the, should
2: have also moved on from crone like two years ago when he was also fair. hitting a little bit in this also uh, fair, but
3: yes like i i mean i think the angels made as good a moves that they could i i don't think it's gonna be enough to keep otani though
2: well, I think on the Grichik thing, it's like, would you rather play Randall Grichik or would you rather play Trey Cabbage? Like, you'd rather play Grichik, and that's the point of it. And obviously, Ward broke his whole, like, nose or face or whatever the hell happened to him. So he's out for the year. Or so.
3: If Cabbage was even point, decent, just... they could sell, like, a Cabbage Patch Doll, like, section. Yeah, the stadium. He's and he
2: sucks. You know, how bad, you know how bad Trey Cabbage is, is that their farm system's extremely bad, and he's, like, 30th on the list. Like, that's how bad <laughs> that guy is.
1: I didn't even know. I I, I know a lot, of, like not a lot. I know a decent amount of random players in all sports, and I didn't even know there was a dude named Cabbage.
2: No, he's That's very, very nice. random. He's very very deep. Like he's like one percent in, uh, in
0: a immaculate
2: grid, point zero one, and the only way you, you there's no even way to get him. There's no possibility.
3: How about the Marlins being buyers though? Like getting Robertson is kind of a surprise. Like the Marlins are fairly decent, which is kind of fun. They're
2: in the playoffs.
0: I mean, off. they have Spots Arias. Right. Like, yeah, you gotta you gotta build around that guy if you got him.
3: Does he hit 400 on the season? Anybody no. think he does?
0: No, I don't think he does. Just because it's really really hard, yeah. <laughs> obviously. But I mean, like when you have a guy who's who's putting up hits like that I mean I think I'm the type of guy who's like you know hits are better than home home runs even though it doesn't translate like that like I I think it's always better if you can be stringing along hits and when you have guys like that and who don't need to rely on hitting the ball 400 feet and that whole team that whole
3: team plays that way the Marlins don't hit a lot of home runs I think they're 23rd in the league in home runs or something like that but they're a playoff team right now they're a lot of fun the Rangers trying to just piss off Houston is fun um, like originally the Rangers were in on Verlander first and then the Scherzer thing happened. So when that happened, it's like, okay, Verlander's going back to Houston, which blows. I feel like there's some sort of like investigation that needs to happen there. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, I saw a two things I want to say. I saw a funny meme and it was the Spider-Man meme of the three of them pointing at each other. And it was Jacob deGrom, Max Scherzer, and Kumar Rocker all starting a rehab assignment for AAA <laughs> round rock
2: next year. <laughs> And that, and that was awesome. Really cool.
1: And then Josh Bell is getting passed around like, like nobody's business. I mean, he's yeah. he's got to be this like era's Edwin Jackson. And Edwin Jackson was this era's Edwin Jackson. Like what, in the last three seasons, he's been on what? The Pirates, the Nationals, the Astros, the Padres, the Guardians, and now the Marlins all in like two years. Did you say the Pirates in there, which
2: is the team he started on? Did you snag yeah. that one in there? Yeah, yeah he started on the Pirates,
1: sure. and then he went to the Strohs and then the Nationals, Padres, Guardians, Marlins. Yeah,
2: yeah he's going to get passed around again because there's no way the Marlins keep paying him. So this is just kind of no. – I don't know, I forgot if he was a one-year or two-year. I feel like he signed a two-year deal with, uh,
1: with the Guardians. I feel like it was a – a uh, one year because I thought he like went in uh, on like a minor league
2: deal and then ended no, up. No, no, they gave him money. They actually gave him a lot of money for the Guardians, and that's why they got rid of him. Because so, pretty much the deal is that they saved money with Segura, but then also they got Watson out of it, which prospect little conversation the part that they gave up on a 2021 uh, first round pick and like a salary move for like Bell was kind of surprising. Like you have to be really, really bad for a team to give up with you in a year and a half. Uh really it's a year uh for you to be dumped, like a prospect like that, to be just dumped after a year for a first yeah. round pick. That was not a good sign for Khalil Watson.
1: I mean, I don't know. Marlins don't scream to me that they always know what they're doing with their assets, to be fair.
2: Oh, they don't know how to develop a hitter for their lives. Every single person on their team I can go through the starting nine, but I'm pretty sure every single guy has not been developed by the Marlins farm system in their batting order right now. Yeah. They can't I mean, develop, they can develop pitching like it's nobody's business, but they cannot develop a hitter.
1: Well, they did, you know, they, they brought in Robertson, which goes against your point, but I, I know what you're saying. And they also traded uh Floro, the relief pitcher, who had a good start players. to the year and then yeah, got Lopez back. Um, but to Brian's point about the Rangers, yeah, they added a lot. I mean, they added Scherzer. They added Jordan Montgomery, former New York Yankee. So they got two former Mets or New York area pitchers. They got Austin Hedges from the Pirates. Again, as we said, Pirates were inevitably going to sell everybody on their roster. Um, and they did. Anyone that was worth it, they got rid of. Um, I don't know. Ranger, Rangers are a very interesting case here. I, are they are the Rangers actually good this year? Like No,
2: yeah, no, they're very yeah, they're good. Like they're three leading the division, up. though yeah. they could lose it today. If yeah. the Rangers lose and the Astros yeah. win, the Astros have already gained all the ground back and took the division lead back. They, they got it back five, last five, week five, though
3: and then he, and then Texas took it. So like it is going back and forth. They're 60 and 46 right now. Yeah, to and They've fallen off a, a little half bit. Game, yeah, they're a half a game up on Houston.
0: Yeah. speaking of the al west yeah i thought it was interesting that mariners are sellers but i don't know in a weird way i I'd, I'd almost call it like retooling rather than selling like they still have wicked good players who they are obviously not moving and i think that they could rebuild around fairly quickly
1: yeah i mean but i, I did the reason i put them in that category is because it sounded like there was a couple other guys that they were um, uh i, d- I definitely, in- definitely don't disagree
0: I don't disagree with you having them in that category. It's just like of all the selling teams, like they're the least selly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, they moved A.J. Pollock, who, I, again, he isn't the biggest name, but Paul Sewald. I mean, he was a great reliever last year. And, and yeah. even like to the beginning of this year, I feel like he wasn't terrible and moving him for a handful of players. I don't even know if you call them good players. They're players.
2: You know, That's what play. Seattle does. They don't care about relievers. They'll just find a new one. Like they're all in on the. It doesn't matter who's back there. Like if they're willing to give us real assets for a reliever, we are 100% going to get rid of them. We'll find someone else, and we'll get something else with it.
3: To answer your question, Ryan, Texas is the only team in the league to score more than 600 runs at this point in the season. They have a plus 145 run differential. The only team yeah. better is Atlanta, and they've only they've scored 25 runs less. Than the Rangers Texas. can hit they're
2: the top yep. hitting team in the league at this point.
1: Okay. Well show us how much I was paying attention. The uh Diamondbacks also added, like you said, they added Seawald, uh, Jace Peterson, and today they got Tommy Pham from the Mets. Um no outstanding names, but names that will help that roster. I mean, round it out so they don't they're not playing, you know, guys who maybe are playing above their pay grade right now. So I think that's a – I'm rooting for the Diamondbacks. I love their their jerseys and the color scheme and everything, like the whole branding they got going on and down there. I've always loved it, when, whether it was the current like maroon color or the old purple and green. Like I'm, I'm rooting for the jerseys. The purple that's and green was
3: awesome. The the current sand, it's,
1: it's awful. I like it. I'm a big maroon guy, so – Let's let's talk about the Mets. We knew they were going to be selling. They moved a lot of pieces. We talked about Verlander and Scherzer and Robertson and obviously talked about Fan, but like all of these pieces together and for Steve Cohen to come out and say that we're not we're trying to just retool for next year. Trading guys with term is not retooling. This is selling and trying to get some assets that will help you in 25, 26, 27. Like that's that's kind of outwardly lying to the fan base when everyone sees right through it.
2: Yeah, they could have,
1: no, go ahead, Eric.
2: I was going to say they could have scooped up better uh, players or people that were closer to the MLB. uh, um, And they didn't, they got most of the guys that they got were very young, very, very young, clearly building for 2025. I know they kind of want to be like Dodgers East where they kind of like, keep building the talent up and then they use the money and spend it a little bit i do like it because they got all the money off the books uh or at least some of the money off the books obviously they're paying for a lot of it and like stevie could spend more if he wants to if he really really wants to and could kind of retool the team he's obviously gonna go in on and we'll see what happens i wonder what he'll his offer will be for that But it was kind of interesting that see them kind of give up on this year, and it did feel like they gave up on next year, too.
0: Yeah, I always thought it was uh, potentially a a move to make room for Otani, which I believe they'll be aggressive in trying to sign him. Um, But I think overall, like, it's good for the Mets to get a bunch of young players. I think they need to, like, reinvent or even create, like, their organizational philosophy. Um, it's kind of just like throw money, and I think that they need to um, attack it from a more uh, informed angle.
2: Throwing yeah, money I mean, doesn't win. The,
1: the The analytics teams is what what are the teams that are doing well right now. The throwing money at it isn't always, unless you're the Dodgers. That's the only team that can throw money at things, and even they're more analytical than just throwing money at it.
0: I mean, you could throw money but. at analytics too, but yeah, I mean, it's it's again like the quality of the analysts. Are you focusing on the right analytics? Are you prioritizing the right analytics? You know, and that'll come down to a GM and, and a front office to take the analytics that they get on every player and determine uh, which which player they want. So I, I think like yeah, the Mets as a whole, and this is coming from someone whose team desperately needs to do the same, uh, need to rethink the philosophy from the front office and like inside out and like getting young players getting rid of like older guys who are ingrained in the way that they play baseball uh, is going to help them do that.
1: Yeah, that's very well said.
2: I think the biggest lesson on the Mets was if you're going to really go for it and you're going to throw stupid money at players like they did at Scherzer and Bernlander, you better hope it works. Because as they saw, and I think the Yankees are in this problem too, and there's a couple other teams, not everybody in baseball pays dudes. Nobody pays anybody $43 million. There's like three teams that would even be willing to take that contract on in the whole league. Not everyone pays the same amount. Not everyone's trying to meet a salary cap floor. There is none. So at the end of the day if you're going to make these big moves and you're going to spend way more for the players so you can bring them to your team, you better make sure it works because otherwise you're paying $20 million for guys that aren't on your roster.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, to be fair, they did get some decent prospects out of it. I mean, um, Luis Acuna, I mean, the brother of Ronald Acuna, could be potential with the Scherzer deal. I mean, Gilbert, they got from the uh, Verlander deal. Again, he's the number. I think he was the number four prospect, or the number one prospect in the Astros system. One
2: prospect. The other guy was the four, and a right. lot of people liked the number four guy. I'm told two. I think it was one of them passing Heyman. One of them was like, I've heard scouts say that they like the number four guy better than Drew Gilbert, the number one guy. Even though the other guy was a eleventh round pick last year, so who knows?
1: Yeah. No, that's absolutely fair. Um, two more teams I want to talk about: Wait. the Cardinals. Oh, go ahead, Brian. I've
3: just done a little more research on the Rangers and how good they are. They have more runs scored than the Rockies have given up. That tells you how good their offense
2: is because it's (laughs) a lot. Damn. Okay. They're very good. No, no, no. They're really good. Everyone can hit in their lineup too.
3: And the Rockies give up a lot of runs.
1: Guys, guy that came from the Rockies, Nolan Arenado, was told he would not be traded by the Cardinals kind of did a little bit of a fire sale moving Jordan Montgomery, Chris Stratton, Jack Flaherty, Paul DeYoung, and Jordan Hicks. Um, They only, I mean, it was only in three trades, Flaherty to the Orioles, DeYoung and Hicks to the Blue Jays and Montgomery and Stratton to the Rangers. But that's another team that I know last year when they, you know, lost a couple big names. I mean, they didn't particularly play great last year either, but, they, we knew they were going for a, a downward slide, but eek, that's bad to to be on the Mets level sellers right now. That's bad, and I'm only allowed to say this because Anthony's not here; otherwise, he would be jumping down my throat.
3: No, he would be more pessimistic than you.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh. That's- yeah, I mean,
3: they if they had traded Arenado. It would it would have prevented any big guys from signing a deal with them for a little bit because he just signed on with them. I I had read that he was going to the Dodgers and I was very scared. Um it doesn't make any sense. Like St. Louis just needs to pack it in at this point. They're not catching up, so you might as well just I mean, they got good value back and the Card- they're the Cardinals, dude. They'll be down for like a year or two and then they'll be fine.
2: Well, they have a lot of young talent. Uh, they almost have too much young talent. And then the Contreras deal obviously isn't working the way they hoped, which is hurting the pitching staff.
3: If only somebody um, had that's, told them.
2: That's, that's been, I think, the biggest difference at this point, And the pitching staff's been off. Uh, the Jack Flaherty thing, finally letting him go to a new spot, is going to be super interesting to look at and watch because I feel like he was the next big thing. And then all of a sudden now he feels like such an afterthought in the conversations, but it'll be interesting for the Orioles, but maybe we'll touch on that later if we ever get to the Orioles. Uh, But I would have actually traded Arenado. I would have gotten the package for the pitchers, mostly if you were going to make it with the Dodgers. Because even though you would have looked worse because you just signed him, they have Jordan Walker, which is one of the top prospects in baseball, who's floundering in the outfield right now and trying to make himself an outfielder. Out of nowhere, even though he's athletic, listen, but the guy's never played outfield a day in his life and is learning on the fly in the majors and looks pretty bad out there doing it. And they already have too many outfielders out there. And they also have Nolan Gorman, who is supposed to be this lock hitter, and he hasn't really proven it, but he's been okay. But he also is a third baseman. You have two guys in your system that very well could play third base at a very high upside. Um, And then you have other guys floating around uh, that could play the infield. They could have easily gotten the pitchers that they need Because there's a big hole right now in starting pitching. They just would have traded Arenado and gotten Bobby Miller and whatever other Dodgers pitchers they could have gotten their hands on.
1: Yeah, but that's just such a hard thing to do in the middle of the season on a guy you just signed. Basically tell your fan base, yeah, like we're trading our only good piece that's not a prospect.
2: But besides Goldsmith and Arenado, that That team's very young. Like, The team's very young. Arenado and Goldschmidt and and Contreras kind of keep the average age up on the team, but the rest of the guys are all very young, early, pre-arb, just starting to get in arbitration guys.
3: Goldschmidt's older than me. Gross.
2: Yeah, exactly. And they clearly don't have it right now, and they clearly don't look like they're going to have it in 24. The only thing they have going for them is they play in the NL Central.
3: Mean you mean Ellie Ellie de la Cruz's me. house now the a l the n l Central
2: apparently has already him. became Ellie de la cruz's his, his house. I love him.
1: you mean the house the house that Ellie de la Cruz built? uh team that does not play in the NL Central, plays in the a l East, the New York Yankees. I know we briefly mentioned them, but what the hell is going on there? Either either Eric or Joe are both of them. getting
0: getting Rodon Judge and Nestor back at the deadline is is just like trading for a bunch of good players. Okay, at least that's what Brian Cashman is going to say to the media. We forgot about Giants for on the
2: Wizega. He's coming. Oh, no,
0: Weiziga. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that and and yeah, they they got this guy from the White Sox, um, middling reliever who who I'm sure actually won't be bad. The Yankees no, he's actually kind of have pretty...
2: Huh? He's going to be good. They're going to figure it out with him. The Yankees yeah. usually
0: have like pretty good luck with the, these type of guys, but uh, it's it's really just so Brian Cashman can, uh, when a reporter says, you didn't do anything at the trade deadline, he can say, no. I got Kenyon What's-His-Face from the White Sox. I can't remember his name or something like that. Um, so, yeah, the Yankees are just... Floundering.
1: Eric, any additional thoughts?
2: I don't even know where to start. I don't, I don't know. They're just such a funky team at this point. They're probably too old in the spots. The guys always get hurt. They're missing. So, the argument that Cash is going to make at the end of the year is going to be four out of the five starting pitchers that they expected to have this year missed half the season. The guys who were supposed to be four two through five have all missed half the season already. Judge and Stanton have really never played together. Uh, Rizzo's fallen off a cliff. Uh, so much so I've seen people on Twitter that don't even want to play the dude anymore. Which is DJ incredible. Sucks for that now. Guy. DJ fell off a cliff also. They both have completely aged, and that doesn't even include Donaldson, who we knew was kind of falling off a cliff. Uh, who just can't catch a fastball for his life. He just can't catch up, so he just keeps guessing constantly but he can't catch the fastball when he guesses right and it's a fastball and then when he's sitting fastball and gets an off speed he can't adjust because he's too slow on that also um but he's on the IL now he'll probably never play another game for the Yankees unless they make some magical run out of nowhere uh, it's kind of sad because I think the bullpen is actually good like they have the guys back there to make a actual kind of run they have some of the semblance of the starters that can make an actual run Um uh, but they're just not playing up to their potential. At this point, I don't think. And who would they have sold? Like nobody's buying Rizzo the way he's been playing. Nobody's buying Lemayu the way he's playing. Torres
0: and, is about your only option. The,
2: the only option was really Torres, which I think the Marlins apparently were in on Torres again. Apparently, uh, and the Yankees ex way too high of a price. The Yankees
0: wanted two pitchers, and it's like I mean I get it. Can never have enough pitching. But the problem with this team is not pitching, and it hasn't been since, like, 2017. The problem since 2017 has been no one touches home plate enough when this team gets up to bat. That's the problem. I don't know how trading for more pitchers is going to accomplish anything.
2: And the pitchers keep them in the game to make it look better because they do keep the score so low, usually. And then when they get absolutely cracked, when they get absolutely like the last couple games, then they look really, really bad because the hitters really don't hit. And then when the pitchers are off, it just makes the whole team look off.
0: It's like Brian Cashman has convinced himself if you get to inning 13 and the score is still 0-0, then the Yankees just win. But that's obviously not how it works. And like that's what it feels like when, when the only time the team has a chance to win, when the other team has scored zero runs, through or like the one, seventh inning?
2: Or two. Yeah. The team is clearly built around we're gonna to try to win every game four to two. But that's the problem is they can't score four most of the time.
1: Right now. And when they do score four, the other teams are scoring twelve.
2: Yes. So. Or that. Uh but yeah, it, it's a little on the players at this point. At this point in time. Listen, I get you get older and stuff happens, but Anthony Rizzo's not playing up to the contract or his name. DJ LeMayu's not playing up to the contract or the name. Uh, Trevino and Higgy are one of the worst catching combos that you'll see hitting-wise. That's not on them. That's their, that's their name. Volpe, uh, as a prospect, hasn't well, hit as well I think, we I think the
0: have. catching is all right. I think the uh, catching is fine, so but much when... Of the but you don't need them to hit, really. Like, any anything they hit can just be a bonus, you know? So right. many times proof that you don't need the catcher to hit.
2: But when the lineup's not hitting and those two just come up every time and strike out or just pop out or whatever, then it makes it look way worse. Yeah, yeah, it's or fine find someone... when you have a lineup of eight guys that are hitting, but they don't have a lineup of eight guys that are hitting.
0: Absolutely. Everybody. And you need to find someone other than Oswaldo Cabrera, as much as I love the guy, to run out in left field. He's not a major league player. I mean, they play him less now, but
2: it's frustrating. There's clearly...
3: Screw you both. I would cut off my left pinky to be three and a half games out of the playoffs and above 500 right now.
0: Not going to make it. And and the the real problem is that this team is just going to continue to get worse because Hal has shown he's committed to the same losing mentality year after year. He doesn't want to make the organizational changes that we're talking about got to be necessary for some of these other teams. It's necessary for the Yankees too. It's not. It's not uh, how happen.
3: realistic is the Otani dream?
2: Um, he didn't want to come here f- four years ago. Why would he, he want to come, to come here Yankees. now?
3: Because it's the Yankees, man. Like do, they, they are, are so. So, already, two, so nobody together, believes. They're, nobody they're, nobody they're, believes he's coming. They're the no, no, second
2: to no. last team in hits in the major league. <laughs> they are. It's them. The Royals actually have more hits than the Yankees do. The yeah. um, the only way they get Otani is if uh, Stevie. Cohen puts out a a contract that Hal can match, or do a little bit better than. And he's like, I can't let this guy become a Met, or else he I'm can't. Being really yeah, he doesn't shape. go
3: to New York and not go to the Yankees, right? Like, it's either no, Dodgers or Yankees. I think he I could.
2: Think if he could. Hal just doesn't open the wallet, like I, I think it's very possible. But Otani, I don't think wants the East Coast to begin with. I think that's the whole problem with the Otani trade and why he hasn't been traded yet is because there's not a trade partner really for him that much besides the Dodgers, because I don't think he wants to go to the East Coast. I don't think he wants the Midwest. I don't think he wants the East Coast. He doesn't want any of it. He didn't want to be a Yankee when he originally signed, because he didn't want the East Coast. Now, four years later, he's all of a sudden going to want it. I don't think that man wants the East Coast. So it's only really those five teams, the or how many teams? A couple in California not including the A's and the Mariners, so that's five, right? So oh, you Giants, took it out of my mouth. I was going to say Sho-
3: Shohei Ohtani to the A's, done.
2: Yeah, obviously that's not happening. But everything uh, it, else, man, it though... feels like
3: the Giants could like sneak in there and leave yeah, Shohei.
2: It, that's who I think is going to end up probably getting them in the end because they have the money because they didn't spend it on Aaron Judge, and uh, he's not going to want to be a Dodger. I don't think he'll flip jerseys like that. So that's why I think it probably will be them. It's either that or Seattle. But I don't I think he's a little afraid of uh, Ichiro's shadow over there. Hmm.
3: But yeah, I, feel like I mean the Yankees that. the Yankees ultimately have a winning record and they're three and a half out of the playoffs, dude. Like
2: That's the incredible thing, and that's the thing you have to look at, and that's the argument I've kind of made, is that uh, as much as the things have gone wrong with this yeah, team. There's still three games over 500, but it does look like the now, obviously, bad funk here. They're playing the Rays-Astros next next week. They could be under 500 by week's end, and it could be the beginning of the end of this thing where it just all goes downhill and starts unraveling. They might not be under 500 for much longer the way they're playing baseball. Uh, they're just completely look lost against the Rays the last two days. Um and the Orioles, they looked really tough against, too. So the Orioles are friggin' good, man. The Orioles are really good, though. I came on here and I said that the Orioles were going to take that division lead, and I was right so far.
3: The, uh, Orioles, the, the Orioles, Orioles are, are good. Really the Orioles are scary.
2: There's, Yeah, the um, they have a lot of talent. A lot of talent. And they have more to come, too. They obviously got the uh, Astros, one of the Astros guys from the, uh, the Golden Years, they will call them. Has done a really nice job rebuilding that team and rebuilding that farm system. That's
1: yeah, the Astro. I mean, the Orioles are very, very good this year. It's it's a little bit surprising that they are as good as they are. You know, like being at top of the division, but it's uh, it's good to see. I mean, I know it sucks for the Yankees, but like. It's nice when the teams that are in the bottom aren't perpetually in the bottom. They actually are good for once.
2: It's good for the parity of the sport. They did what Joe's been calling for. They made organizational changes and brought in the guy from the Astros who was second in charge or whatever, and he wiped the whole system out. He brought in his guys, brought in plenty of his guys, and he rebuilt the whole thing from scratch. He sucked for a bunch of years, a couple years there. He made all the right picks for the most part, it looks like like Uh, they rebuilt that thing real quick there everything that they've done has worked and they have a scary future they're what the jays kind of should have been it seems like the jays they thought they had those generational guys and it seemed like oh bichette vlad this team is going to be great for forever it really feels like baltimore is actually might be building that instead
1: fair enough we will end the trade deadline talk with that message that Baltimore is the new Toronto. Crazy. Um, Let's move on to the final segment, our Bruce Banner's bandwagon.
0: I know it's crazy. Either it's all a joke or none of it is. Best of both worlds. Oh, God.
1: Listen to your mom. Joe, you are starting us off with the bandwagons this week.
0: All right, so, um, as we talked about, uh, football is coming up. With that, I will be jumping on the Houston Texans bandwagon. Not exactly (laughs) the team, but actually the PR department. Um, A NFL reporter, looks like his name is John McClain, uh, tweeted about how it would be nice. Welcome to the party, pal. (laughs) tweeted how it would be nice for the reporters to have access to an air-conditioned tent on the field much like the owner does the houston texans pr department responded with a picture of the air-conditioned tent provided for press reporters uh, on the very same comment which must have been quite embarrassing for him but they showed up with the receipts i'm jumping on their bandwagon Bandwagon I'm jumping off.
3: Wait, Ryan, do you know why I said welcome to the party, pal, when he said the reporter was John McClain? Die hard. Thank you. <laughs> Continue.
0: Um bandwagon I'm jumping off is the Lizzo bandwagon. Ooh. That Lizzo, unfortunately, is being sued for um uh what what's the body shaming which is quite surprising based on her career and image.
1: How do you be
3: sued for that? Yeah, there's a little bit more to that whole story.
0: We're we're keeping it to to just, you know. I want to
3: sue Lizzo for being on The Mandalorian because she was terrible.
0: Yeah. um, Not a great look with what's
1: going on. Not going to get into the full details, but damn, if this is uh, accurate, not sure how much longer her career is going to go.
0: I don't want to be on the
1: Lizzo bandwagon right now. I have no idea what you're talking about. We will,
2: yeah. Uh, Eric, oof. Uh, I've been sitting here for a while trying to figure out what I was gonna hop on. I'm still not really sure, so I'll just say I'm hopping off the U.S. Women's National Team. Uh, I didn't even, I, I, they're just not even playing that well. I could tell. I gotta be honest. I didn't stay up for the 3 a.m. game because I knew that it was gonna be something ugly like that, and they were somehow gonna go through. Kind of agree with Carly Lloyd's comments that she had, if you've seen her outburst. They feel a little entitled for a team that fits the World Cup, but hopefully they wake up. You know what I said at this point? The only thing positive is you know you're not going 8-0 in a World Cup or 7-0, whatever it takes, 7-0? 7-0. You know you're not gonna go 7-0, so good to get the losses out of the way when it uh, doesn't eliminate you from a tournament.
3: The losses Uh, weren't even losses. So, I mean, they still haven't technically lost.
2: Yeah, they still haven't technically lost uh, i listen i love the sport of soccer I, a draw just feels like a loss to me
3: it just no no, no. i wasn't throwing shade i was just saying yeah, they yeah, haven't yeah. lost yet but they are going yeah to.
2: right yes technically they have not lost and then uh, i'll hop on um let's see you know what i'm hopping on the braves bandwagon i'm feeling their vibe that they got this year they didn't do much on the on the trade deadline i think they they i uh, heard their gm's interview uh on tv today he's he's doing the brian cashman of we have injuries and we're gonna see guys are gonna come back for us but uh give me the braves
3: they didn't need anybody they already have the best record in the league yeah
2: they're they really freaking anybody. good they did not need anybody
3: uh i want to be able to talk about the u.s women's national team like i would the u.s men's national team i want to talk about how bad they are and people not think i'm picking on anybody except megan Rapinoe. Because you add her to that roster for her veteran leadership, and she has shown absolutely none of it. There was no reason she should have been on that roster if you're not even going to use the roster in the way you should have used the roster. Vladko is in over his head. This team is a disaster, and I understand if Sauerbrunn was healthy and everybody else, they probably wouldn't be in this position. But the simple fact is, you took the 22 best players available to you. Incorrect, you took 21 of the 22 best players available to you. Because she just
1: hasn't done anything, man. It, I think it's a matter of just not being able to keep up. I don't th- I don't think it has anything to do with her veteran leadership or her like value to the team or as a person. Like I think it's just her body is not able to keep up with the
2: game.
3: No, I agree, but we knew that before the roster was chosen. So why keep her? Because her veteran leadership is adding absolutely nothing.
2: No, you're right. I, I... She has a great Nike commercial. she has a Nike commercial of 30 seconds to 40. Five sing, singing a song about Megan Rapino. It is Megan Rapino dribbled the ball, whatever the what song
3: is. It is nothing political or anything against Megan Rapino. I just don't think that her talent was worthy of her being on that roster. Um, also,
1: I say these things as that her body can't hold up. And meanwhile, I hurt myself playing intramural volleyball last week, literally doing nothing. so Right. I, but I, we're going to make fun of Jalen
3: Brown. Like, I want to make fun of Megan Rapino the same way. Um, yeah i'm off the heat bandwagon it's so freaking hot outside it needs to cool down uh i am on the bandwagon of jamal williams he's now the running back at new or at the new orleans saints he was talking about beignets just basically being a funnel cake if you haven't heard it it'll be the outro to this show Friggin' hilarious i'm on the loki season two bandwagon it looks fantastic i'm on the teenage mutant ninja turtle bandwagon i'm excited to go see that movie and i am on the bandwagon of football football
1: is back All right. Uh, I am on the bandwagon of uh, an actor. You may know him from some Marvel stuff. uh, Clark Gregg, uh, Phil Coulson. He has been absolutely hilarious on Twitter going after all of the people who are like putting out reports about Bob Iger or David Zaslav or this one saying something about the strike. And he was talking about AI or they were talking about AI or something and he tweeted a picture of him as a robot from agents of shield and he's just been very funny with all this stuff while also supporting it and trying to get the proper deal um so clark greg never left his bandwagon but jumping even further onto it bandwagon i am jumping off is all the people who are wrestling fans but only wwe fans you can be a fan of two different companies Um, And You don't need to start telling us that you're never going to sell out Wembley Stadium for AEW because you're a WWE fan and you don't like that your your product has suffered because Vince McMahon is not as good as his job as Tony Khan. Uh, I like some of the WWE stuff, like AEW better. I'm not going to trash WWE. I'm going to trash the guy who runs it, but not the company as a whole, whereas you want to see the other company fail. Screw that. Don't gatekeep. Enjoy wrestling as a fan. It's not a sport.
2: Double it down is. on it. The people, people in Europe that are getting mad at the how many people are going in the Saudi Arabia league, same way. Just the Premier League is not the special one. Everyone can have talent. It's better for the global game. Than still <laughs> soccer.
3: If they're yeah. willing to pay a billion dollars a year for it, yeah, that's insane. Did yeah. he already said no, right? Mbappe,
2: Mbappe, yeah, he said Mbappe no. said no. Yeah. Yeah. but not many players have said no so far right
1: but all right so that has been our bandwagons um let's see does anyone have anything to plug brian starting with you
3: like i said united we fan haunted mansion secret invasion secret invasion was terrible i'm off that bandwagon
1: oh wait pause um another band this is the bandwagon i originally wanted to jump off uh elon musk screw that guy i'm not calling it x i do not like the new layout it's garbage it doesn't work it's twitter it always will be twitter it should go back to being twitter elon musk can stick a Tesla with a sun don't shine
3: do we still send tweets or what do they call them
1: posts now he reached she rebranded everything
3: he's a tool uh yep uh united we fan we did that we've done other stuff if you missed anthony on this episode listen to united we fan this week we are going to run our, one of our archive episodes of the fantasy fueled of dreams where i have ed the chimpanzee playing third base and hitting lead off hell
1: yeah eric anything you want to plug
2: Hmm, what do we think? Well, what happens the last time we were on the show? Oh, Andrew Thomas, the highest played offensive tackle in the league. Just for the fun of it. Uh yeah. Andrew Thomas, he's good at football. And now he's getting paid because he's good at football. Incredible. Joe, anything you Do would you like really to think
3: love? Andrew Thomas is better than uh, Trent Williams? Up.
2: No, I'm willing to have that argument. I'm am <laughs> o- okay if you think it's Trent Williams. I- I'm okay with that. But him and Tunsil. But if you argue anybody else or argue anybody, I know that worst him argument. I had a gigantic uh, I, I smile
3: think- on my face when Andrew Thomas got paid, and Ryan <laughs> sent me that article. So congratulations, Eric.
2: Yes, yes, it's, it's a good bandwagon to be on. Joe, That's what a- would you like Gettleman to got that one right. Gettleman, he got a lot of crap for that one. You got that one right. He did pick the best offensive lineman in that draft. Joe, go ahead. <laughs> no,
0: you good. You're good. Um, uh, any listeners in the Boston area, come check out Common Ground Show. Come check out Hart Park shows. Um, and I'll get you in the media that I'm doing for them. Uh, also, Joe's, Joe's tip, Joe's plug tip. Um, Just a tip. Your... <laughs> air conditioner a lot of them have like a vent that you can actually withdraw from the side too many people do don't know about this it's a filter uh you're gonna want to take that out and clean it sometimes (laughs) because it'll um build up will occur and you don't want to breathe all that in so uh check out each side left and right of your air conditioner make sure there's uh not a pull out filter if there is pull it out pull it out clean it because i'm i'm sure that you haven't just
3: the tip and pull it out
1: all within like 15 just seconds. pull out the tip yep. phenomenal i love that um all right follow us on instagram and tiktok and twitter at Agents of field podcast or we're on Agents tiktok how many
3: tiktok videos do we have
1: three <laughs> awesome i've been saying right that all along you must you must disassociate at the end of the show i do he does uh, <laughs> rate review subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast spotify apple music pocket casts amazon Podcasts, if that's a thing i don't really know we only have um, two
3: but i did already follow it so i guess i didn't know this information
1: beautiful and yeah, our last post was in november of 2022. you got to do something yes I will. You need to uh,
2: hop in the latest dance trend.
1: Yeah, no, that's not what it's for. Uh, support the writers and the actors in their striking efforts any way you can. Spread the word that studios are evil. Um, no, they're just greedy. And until next time, we will see you in Arlington at the Rangers World Series Parade. It's your worst one yet.
0: i get those venues.
1: Yeah, I'm not impressed. There's just a funnel cake, it's just a funnel cake. So yeah, the vignettes is just a funnel cake. Like just with the fans, I don't know if that one's gonna, gonna Go like on land that? so well. I'm sorry,
0: I'm I'm not from, I just got here, I respect y'all, your vignettes and all that, but
1: in California, we just call them funnel cakes, so well that's just where we know them at.
3: I tasted it, tastes just like a funnel cake, so that's all. But it's good though, if you like funnel cakes.